This podcast is not to be used as medical advice or medical education. If you are experiencing pain, discomfort, or any other medical or physical ailment, please consult a licensed medical doctor or physical therapist. This is the strategy of fitness. What is going on? Welcome back to the Strategy of Fitness podcast, episode 14. My name is Nick Cressy, joined weekly by Dan Gore and Rob Rowland. What's going on, boys? Dan, what's up? Hey, this is Dan Gore, and I'm excited for another episode, episode 14 of the Strategy of Fitness. we got a great topic today, and really, really looking forward to getting into it. Rob, how are you doing? Oh, not too bad. I'm hanging in over here. I'm, I'm excited to talk with you guys again. It's been, uh, hasn't been too long. It was last night. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so before we dive into, just to set some context this week, we're going to be talking about supplements. We're going to be talking about pre-workouts, post, proteins. If they're a scam, I'm sure we'll touch on Nugenics, HGH, <laughs> all the good stuff. But before we, we dive in, a couple shameless plugs. Hit it, Dan. Yeah. So if you could please give us a follow at the strategy of fitness on Instagram, we're trying to tie it in with the podcast as much as possible. So if we talk about something on here, including the gym hitters in the book of the week, you'll find that readily available on the Instagram. And also we have the playlist. So every week we do the strategy of fitness official gym hitters. You can find that on Spotify or iTunes as you can our podcasts. The plug is Strategy of Fitness official gym hitters, like I said, on Spotify or iTunes. So not only uh, follow, subscribe, like the uh, podcast, but if you could follow the um, Strategy of Fitness playlist, it's a great compilation of all the music we've hit so far. And we're up to, like, I was looking at it today, it's like five and a half hours of music. It's a crazy amount of music, a lot of tracks. If you don't like something, just hit the skip button. I'm sure there'll be something you like. Rob, are there any songs that are in particular pissing you off? You know what? I've there's a few that I've blocked. I don't know what they are off the top of my head, but I leave Florida Georgia line on because it it gets me like really angry. Like if it comes on in the middle of a workout, and it's it's motivated me in a whole other way. So I have to come back and thank you for putting that on there, Dan. Hey, you know I'm always right. It just takes yeah, takes some time. But what um, about you, Dan? Anything jump out to you that like when you're on, you're like, God, I don't want to hear that song. Why is it on this playlist? I just have always wondered that. Not really. I, I guess there's like a couple songs that just from an adrenaline standpoint don't kind of ramp me up as much as other songs, but there's yeah. no songs that are particularly bad, right? You know, like like there's no songs that are just complete dog shit that I, I have to skip every single time. But like, uh, you know, um, maybe some of like the, the rap songs that are on the slower end or the more artistic side are like amazing songs. So I'll never skip them. They just don't get me amped up quite like, you know, some of the other songs. I guess my only Yeah, I feel you there. The game was a good infusion this week. They had a, oh. He goes so hard. I love it. He does. But we'll have our we'll have our great veto episode coming up soon where we each get to veto a song and, and take, remove it from the list in a, uh, a ceremonious fashion. <laughs> great. So let's go around the room quickly as we do weekly and talk workouts. You guys got to carry the carry the weight this week because I was a pant load. Take it, Dan. Yeah. So as far as workouts this week, working on, as we talked about, the uh, Jim Wendler 531 program, I hit that today as far as the front squat goes. So working my way up to just a recap for everyone. 
working from 90% of your one rep max. That is your training max. So my one rep max for my front squat is 245. So my training max works out to be 220 and working your way up five through one at smaller percentages up to as many reps as possible at 95% of your training max. So the last part of my squat progression today was as many reps as possible at 210 pounds front squat at yeah, 210 pounds, as many reps as possible. I hit five reps. So pretty good performance from me. I, you know, I think on my best day, I was kind of rushing a little bit. I probably could get six or seven, but overall happy with that. And like I said, I really like that Jim Wendler program. It's very progressive. It gives you a lot of things that you can hit. It gives you a lot of confidence and success with different lifts and really, really highly recommend it as far as um, the strength protocols we, we went over last week. And I'm very new to it, by the way, too. So very new to it and um, something I really like so far. So, Rob, what about you? Week three of the Escalating Density Training by Charles Staley, or you might hear it referred to as EDT. I've knocked out three of my four workouts for the week. I'm up again on reps for everything. So, quick review. It's just I pick 15 minutes and I do a superset of two exercises or as a couplet, as it's called, in the CrossFit cult world. Up on everything. I'm going to continue with this for a couple more weeks. I got one more workout to hit with it tomorrow, but I'm loving it. It's keeping me in the gym. Like I'm lifting more frequently than I usually do. Workouts are getting done. Like by the time I warm up and do some accessory work, like maybe 30, 40 minutes. So if you if you're interested in it, pick up uh, Muscle Logic by Charles Staley. It's definitely not a book of the week. There's not much to read there, but if you're just looking for a really simple program, you could pick up that book for probably like 10 bucks on Amazon. Do you think that this program, I was thinking about it yesterday. Do you think this program is mental as much as it's physical because each week you're setting a bar and you're trying to beat it? I guess any training program could be called mental and physical. But you know, like you know what your numbers are and you're trying to increase every week. Do you really see a, an overall change from your strength yet? Or do you think that you're just trying to hit a couple more reps than you did last week? It's probably a little of that. Traditionally, I always respond better to like volume training than heavy training. So just going by the scale, I've put on like probably four pounds since I started this program. You know, you look a oh, little wow. look a little more swollen in the mirror when I'm when I'm checking myself out in the locker room. So so something's working. Sweet, dude. Cool. And what was the uh, the Jim Wendler? Was that the book you said was on the Elite FTS website? Uh, no, when, when there's he's he's moved away from Elite. He's got his own website now. So if you just search Jim Wendler five three one, he's got his whole own website with ten versions of the five three one workout. Cool. So yeah, if anybody's interested in uh, giving that a look, you can go down that rabbit hole. Cool. This Nick, week, Nick, how was your how was your week abroad? Sucked. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I got three, four workouts in from Sunday to Tuesday, but then I was up in New York. I took some dumbbells, took a kettlebell, and you know, I got it in when I could. I mean, I ran both days, I, so I got you know three and a half miles in each day. But really, it's just I, I'm a routine guy, and I was off my routine, and I came back today, and I was trying to you know do heavy back squats and and cleans and I just wasn't moving right. So kind of in a pissy mood. I'll tell you, I did some burpee box jump overs. I was going to ask you guys if there's just one particular exercise that you just can't get better at. That's it for me. Like it's an, my engine doesn't matter how good I get cardiovascularly or even strength, whatever it is, burpee box jump overs just destroy me. And almost always inevitably end with me bleeding profusely out of my shins. Is there a certain movement that you guys do that just kicks your ass? I'm, I'm reviewing about 70 in my head. So Rob, <laughs> just like, just like one that yeah, like just, uh, just burns you up and other people yeah. are doing it and you're like, I guess I know, for, for me, that's always been bench, you know, like it's always sucked. It's always been a point of, you know, the a point of 
significant shame for me. And I'm starting to make some progress right now because I'm focusing on it. But I have focused on it like this and I'll get to a point. And it just, it drives me nuts when I just see somebody walk in and just throw two plates on and start banging out reps. For for me, it's always burpee and all the derivatives thereof. One probably because I never okay. do them because they're so stupid, but I feel like my, my excuse is once you get above 200 pounds, they're, they're just, they're just hard. They are, man. They're so hard. And I guess, Dan, I, I wasn't even thinking about it from a, a strength perspective. Uh, you're saying like a, like almost like a skill perspective. I don't even, yeah, I guess everyone's different, right? Just to me, like the work I can be in better shape in literally everything. And those things are still Same. like, bring me back to the pack. Yeah. Like it's just, it's a weird exercise. And it's like, I'm with you, Rob. Maybe just everyone around the 200 pound mark, just, you know, shouldn't And also do you guys are, again, <laughs> you know, I, this is one of the things is both a little, a little on the taller end, both over six feet. And I think the burpee just favors those, those shorter guys so much. I, there was a, uh, we had a vested, it was like a 400 meter run, 30 burpees vested for six rounds. And it was probably one of my best performances at the gym. I was so proud of my performance. And I still got people like two minutes. I got our gym, Bob, who's like five, six, really good, really good CrossFitter, really strong, but he's just so good at burpees. And I'm like, no matter how hard I work, I'll never be five, six or five, seven. (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to help you a lot with burpees. God, I hate him so much. All right. Well, that was just a little aside because like literally my shins are, are, they're looking real rough and I got to stop nicking myself when I'm doing these damn jump overs. All right, cool. So let's, let's dive into this week's topic. And a couple weeks ago, it was, I, I suggested diet. And then to this week I said, let's, let's, let's jump into some supplements. The supplement world, there's a million brands. I think, you know, it all, for me anyway, all started like back in the day, you'd see like the animal packs of like the vitamins. That was like the OG first supplement that I really remember. And that later turned into no explode. It was at Ronnie Coleman, like the BSN days when everyone, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, everyone was like, well, we didn't even know what we were putting in our bodies. No one researched that stuff. They were just like, man, you get crazy pumps. Let's take two <laughs> scoops. Let's take two scoops for 17 years old. Cool. And, and, you know, I think it has matured as we have, you know, the market. So I, I just wanted to kind of Obviously, start from the pre-workout, talk about intra-workout, post, protein, etc. But I want to start it by hearing if, if you guys are even into supplements. You guys strike me as people that might not be. I'm going to go a trip down memory lane with our good friend, uh, Dan Tabbitt, who edits this podcast. And he was a gym going friend of mine back in the day. We used to watch a fair amount of WWF slash WWE. <laughs> And it was back in the day when Triple H was uh, marketing the NO Explode. Do you remember when he yes. had like the NO Explode promos? And all you need for Dan to be into absolutely anything is just have Triple H <laughs> endorse it. So he had the biggest thing of NO Explode and probably took seven times the daily recommended dose. He's pretty jacked though. So I think it worked for him. It would be my uh, nostalgic trip down memory lane. But I've dabbled in, in creatine, dabbled in the protein powders, um, even the nitrous, I think for the, like the veiny pump when I was uh, doing kind of my meathead lifting back in college. And I think that of all these things, and, and again, we're going to get into a lot of issues that I have with supplements, but let's start with the positive. I'll always try to keep it positive. I think creatine is, is, is really pretty well backed by research. And definitely when I was taking it, I, I 
noticed a difference in my ability to hang on in those last couple of reps. And uh, again, we talk about biological plausibility. There is biological plausibility behind it. So as far as the good stuff, I think I think creatine and, and protein kind of the that's that's kind of the cornerstones for, for what I what I would look for in a supplement. And that's the stuff I messed with the nitrous. I think it's like called like nitrous oxide. I could be mixing up with the Fast and the Furious, but I did take a couple of those pills back in the day, and they didn't do that thing. <laughs> Rob, what do you got? I don't even know where to start going into supplements here. So, I, I guess just going into my experience with them, I, you don't like work out for this long without messing with pretty much everything out there. I like to think in my my thirties now, I've, I have a more uh, intelligent approach to what I take. So. Like currently, uh, I do fish oil. I take a multivitamin. I have protein powder. I don't take that every day. It's kind of like a, a backup when I can't get food in. And then the the latest thing I'm on is like a collagen vitamin C stack that I do pre workout. So that's kind of like my current state. But as disciplined as I can be with like eating and working out and everything, for some reason supplements like I'm I'm terrible about taking them on a, a regular basis. So I've, there's I've never been like a huge supplement guy. Nick, what are you what are you taking currently? I'm a pretty plain Jane guy when it comes to this stuff. I take a pre-workout and I take I do whey protein, like a shake with creatine. That's it. Like I don't take any vitamins, I don't take any fish oils. I've tried I'm very similar to you. I've tried to get in a like, okay, I'm gonna take these pills every morning when I eat breakfast, but then you know, I just don't do it. And I'm pretty sure these vitamins, like you, you probably need to compound them right they need <laughs> taking them once every four days probably ain't it so i hop around different brands but i'm i'm like pretty much a poster child for the the pre-workout it gets me in the gym gets me going in the morning the pre-workout like you know we talk a lot on this podcast about just getting started at the gym right be it if you've never worked out before be it if you are you know have one of those people who kind of has trouble to establish a routine. So if the pre-workout, that bit of caffeine or that bit of, you know, whatever the hell's in most of those drinks, if that gets you to the gym, by all means, like the, the benefits you're going to get from an hour workout far exceed and outweigh any negatives you're going to have, I think from, from any pre-workout. Yeah. I mean, the thing with pre-workout you have to be careful of, and it's, it's kind of obvious, right? Like you read the back and you see per serving how much caffeine is in it. And if it's, you know, 200, 250, you got to understand that's like a coffee, probably plus a shot of espresso or maybe just a very large coffee. So as far as a caffeine, your stim, stimulant, you're, you're not too crazy if you stick to the dosage. Where it gets a little sketch is for one, if you have no tolerance and you've never taken any of these and you have a lot of amino acids running through your body that you're, you're, you know, get itchy and all this, you know, you're sweating and you have hives before you walk out the door. That's obviously terrifying, right? The niacin and etc. And also if you take like two scoops because, oh, I drink a lot of coffee and you have 400 or 500 milligrams of caffeine running through you, that's not going to work out well. So you got to kind of do a little bit of homework. And I think where this all started for me anyway, is it was kind of trial by error. <laughs> Again, there was very little research when 10 years ago, 15 years ago when this, you know, got hot. So you just yeah, got to be so careful. We're talking about pre-workouts. We're talking about stimulants to kind of get you up for working out. So some things to consider, like off the bat, all supplements, if you're going to take something off the shelf, that's con- like at a GNC or a vitamin shop, there's something called third-party certification. So if you look at the nutrition label on a supplement versus something you get from the grocery store, 
it'll say supplement facts. And mm-hmm. if it's a supplement facts and not nutrition facts, that means that it's not certified by the FDA. There's like this whole backwards deal that went on, like this old senator from Utah, Orrin Hatch, like it, he's got his foot in the, the supplement business some, somehow. So most companies don't need to go through any kind of testing to make sure that like what's in the bottle is in the bottle. So pre-workouts have gotten a lot of bad press because they're putting stimulants in there and there's no consistency with the amount of stimulants that's in that pre-workout. So if you have one, just look at the side of it and like the the tricky term they'll always use is proprietary blend and it'll be this, I don't know, 5,000 milligrams of 12 different things. So if caffeine's in there, you have no idea how much you're getting and there's nobody coming in to make sure that that company's putting the same thing in every single bottle. So one, if you're going to take a supplement and you're going to do a pre-workout, third-party certification is an absolute must. Most common one out there is NSF. That's one that I always look for for supplements that I have. USP is another one. There's probably three or four other ones out there. But third-party certification on anything you're going to take, like just to be safe, is an absolute must. Yeah, there's also a uh, great documentary that we're going to have to talk about or get into. But if you want to check out this documentary, it's called Bigger, Stronger, Faster with uh, Chris and Mark Bell. Awesome, awesome doc looking at steroids and, and different types of, types of performance enhancing drugs. But to test that theory, they actually make their own supplement. I think they make a pill and they market it at a health show and they just make it with either sugar or cornstarch or just some completely benign supplement. They market it and you can market it as you know literally whatever you want. You can market any supplement you buy at GNC. You can literally put sugar in the bottle and sell it as, you know, whatever the hell you want to sell it as it it's very dicey without FDA regulation and you really have to be careful what you're buying. Yeah. And going back to your point, Rob, there's very few that, that actually have nutrition, nutrition, you know, rather than supplement on, on the side of the bottle. I've looked and looked like, I think you named two of maybe three or four that I've ever found and they typically are a little bit more expensive, but you know, they kind of deserve that recognition, right? Because for the most part, like you guys said, these proprietary blends, you don't really know what the hell you're putting in your body, at least from a dosage perspective. Yeah. And there's been plenty of headlines of soldiers out there, athletes, like taking one of these pre-workouts in the middle of like a summer workout and having a cardiac event. Like it's no joke messing around with this stuff, especially like our listeners that are, I don't know, getting to their thirties and forties and they're just get back into working out. Like you don't need a huge dose of a stimulant to get into the gym. Like a cup of coffee, 100 milligrams of caffeine, if you're not working out late in the day, can can fill that void. It doesn't have to be this no explode, whatever it is off the shelf at GNC, or it can even be like a caffeine pill because at least that caffeine pill supplement is dosed out. You can take a 50 milligram pill or a 100 milligram pill based on your body weight. I think the, the recommended guideline is one to three grams per kilogram of body weight. So you're a 200 pound person, that's 100 to 300 milligrams pre-workout is that that dosage you're looking for. And caffeine is not just a stimulant. There, there's plenty of research to show it improves mm-hmm. aerobic performance and like mid zone, like anaerobic performance as well. Also helps you uh, burn fat too, increases uh, free fatty acid mobilization. Yeah. Very there's, important. there's a lot of research coming out about caffeine actually and as a post-workout as well. Like I think it touches on the, on the prolonging the fat burning. Dan. So, all right, that's, that's cool. I, I'm by no means, you know, advocating go take a pre-workout. I will say as you know, I get some, maybe the only defender on this pod, I do think that they're not as bad as maybe they were. It really seemed like it was the wild west in the last 
five years, people have gotten so much more in tune with what they're putting in their body. I mean, like if you look at even like natural chicken or organic or, you know, there's a lot of things on, on food packaging that, that used to not matter. The, the supplement companies have the ones that are thriving anyway, if, if you look, they've made their, even if it's supplement facts on their nutritional tab, they've made it, they've, they've simplified it and they've started to remove the proprietary blends and they're trying to be transparent. And what you'll see is a lot of amino acids that your body already produces. Really what you need to do is if you're interested in any of these, you know, go do a little research, see what, you know, what the dosages you should be taking, either read research or reviews or YouTube videos, et cetera, because people go ham on this stuff. They go super deep dive because, you know, there, there are plenty of people like me who take a pre-workout every day. Again, not advocating, but at the same time, I, I don't think it's, you know, crack cocaine or anything. So I'll also defend, uh, we talked about, uh, we haven't talked about the canned energy drinks. Yeah. I wanted to transition to that right now. Talk about not knowing what the hell we're putting on our body. Yeah. And, uh, I'm a staunch advocate of anything in a can. Cause I don't have like my <laughs> biggest pet peeve is like dosing something and putting it into something and then like shaking it up. I don't want to do that ever. I've never had a shake <laughs> in my life. I never will. If I want to eat it, I'll eat it. If I want to drink it, it better be prepackaged. So that's where I really, that's, uh, such, I love- a, that's such a weird, hold on, hold on. You, <laughs> too, many, too many steps. You don't like the steps. Okay. That's great. Yeah, it's like if I could drink a can of something, it makes a lot more sense than like getting a thing out. Like maybe it's just the, the formula, you know, that my, my baby's eating is just completely ruined me from like mixing things and like doing <laughs> that stuff. But I will drink a Kill Cliff Ignite, great pre-workout. That's a healthier caffeine. It's less caffeine. I'll also mess with the Bang or the Rain, which is like 300 milligrams of caffeine. It's a lot of caffeine. I don't know if that stuff's regulated. Hasn't given me a heart attack yet. Hasn't killed me. I Hell no, it's not regulated, but it's dirt cheap. You know, bang. I don't know if they just, like, <laughs> if, if they just didn't read the orders right and overproduced, you know, if they thought they were going to blow up in India or something, but you can walk <laughs> through Walmart and there's just pallets of it sitting in the middle for a dollar a piece around here. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's delicious. So that's, it's pretty, good. it's pretty awesome. The one that almost killed me was C4. I had one of those and my face started to get like hot and sweaty and I was just had a never again moment. I had about half a can. I almost had to leave work. Wow. Oh, oh, I didn't, drink, I didn't even drink it as a pre-workout. I just drank it because I was dragging to work. Rob, check me on this, but a lot of that flush and a lot of those like heat sensation and is, is niacin, right? Like if you're not used to the niacin, and one of those drinks has that, it can really mess with you. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, unmistakable sensation. You get like the tingles, the your, your face will get a little bit red. It's totally harmless, but it it can be mistaken for like a serious medical event. Like it's no joke if you've never experienced that before. So, And that's the yeah. interesting thing. When you strip down all of these pre-workouts, if you take them line on them by line on them, it might be heavy in niacin might have beta alanine, may have L-citrulline. I don't think we're going to dive into each of those by themselves, but a lot of those are things your body produces already. And they're, you know, they're amino acids. You're just taking in more than you typically produce on your own. Am I right there? Yeah. And you're taking them in, in isolation in super physiologic amounts. Like usually you're getting these as like complete protein. So there's marketing to say like this amino acid or this branch chain amino acid is essential for muscle building, but the, the research just doesn't 
so yeah, just eat, that. eat a New York strip. You'll be fine. Yeah, don't well, eat a New York strip before out. you go do Murph. No, no, I mean, just in general. Like, it, it, my, my point being here, and this is uh, with the vitamin stacks, too. They drive me nuts where you you see the GNC, like, health, like, take this whole packet of vitamins. Your body can only process one of those multivitamins. You're paying for it's some real expensive piss. You're going to piss all that stuff out. That's why it turns neon green, and we'll get into that. But yeah. I, let's, let's touch on the BCAAs, the branched-chain amino acids. They were, like, the rage. I don't – I never took them because I read that your body produces them. What do you and and you can t- I think some of your your whey protein shakes have them in them. What's your take on those, Rob? I know a lot of people are using them for intra workout. Yeah, and again, we the, the branch chain; those are like identified as the ones that are critical for protein synthesis or muscle building. I want to say like leucine, isoleucine, valine. Doesn't matter what what they are, but I think those are the three BCAAs. The research now shows, like, as long as you're not in a calorie restricted diet, that the supplemental BCAs are going to do nothing for you. What's interesting though, is if you're trying to lose weight, trying to lose fat and you want to maintain lean mass in that time, that might be the one time that BCAAs might help you. So they're not totally a waste. There's a certain population that might get some benefit from the BCAAs. Interesting. That's good to know. What about you? You ever mess with them, Dan? This could be a quick part of the pod. No, I mean, they're in bank. So yeah, I, I drink them all the time. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Other things, intra-workout. Do you guys, do you do Gatorade? Do you do anything like that? You know, a lot of times, I know Killcliff makes, what? what is it, Endure? Basically, they're high-carb, high-sugar drinks. If you guys want to take a swing at why you're taking sugar in, in the middle of a workout, that's kind of why Gatorade got famous, right? So what was illuminating for me this year is like the first time I've done a long like training event. I was training for a a marathon with a a rucksack. So it's the first time for me training more than like an hour and a half at a time and peri workout nutrition or nutrition while doing training events that are like three, four hours becomes really important when you're doing. If you know me, you know, I'm always on the run up early and home late. So having a three hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop mixed in water once a day and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. Long sustained efforts, but if you're in the gym for... 30 minutes to an hour and a half like you you shouldn't need supplemental calories or or sugar like the 
if you have a Gatorade with you when you're going to the gym for your cardio session, that that's totally unnecessary. Like that's, <laughs> it's, it's great marketing by Gatorade, their, their whole backstory. But unless you're an elite endurance athlete or you're at two hour practices, you shouldn't be needing any kind of supplemental carbs during your workout. Yeah, that two hour mark, I, I remember being, uh, so this is from an exercise physiology professor of mine from college, Dan Drury. He was a uh, alternate for the U.S. bobsled team. I think in 88, he played, um, D1 football, pretty good athlete in his own right, but he always had this rule where it was like, if it's an endurance event over two hours, probably some Gatorade or Powerade is, is going to be good for you. But, you know, anything less than that, and you're probably just, you know, probably not necessary. And it's like electrolytes is is the thought there, right? Electrolytes and, and carbs. Again, I understand it's, you don't really need it. it it's both like Gatorade kind of, they, they marketed the, the word electrolytes. Like you you're going to get electrolytes just from putting salt on your food. So as long as you're eating like a, a decent diet, you're getting your electrolytes. But if you're working out in super hot environments for extended periods of times, or you're like a really salty sweater, like you leave salt stains on your clothes when you sweat, maybe you should look at some electrolyte supplementation. It doesn't have to be with a Gatorade where you have that extra sugar in there. There's plenty of companies out there that make calorie-free electrolytes that, or just throw some table salt in your water. It's, it doesn't have to be fancy. Yeah. I, I'll tell you Gatorade was like the staple healthy quote unquote drink when we were growing up. And <laughs> it's shocking to me now. Like I won't touch one because if you actually look at what, how much sugar and fructose corn syrup and all that stuff that's in there, they're no bueno if you ask me. Well, it's, it's like drinking a soda. I mean, you're, exactly. you're, you're doing the same thing, you know, you're just storing massive amounts of, of, of sugar. And uh, when you drink that much sugar, Again, Gary Taub's case against sugar, you read it, but the way the sugar breaks down, you're basically drinking fat onto your, your stomach or wherever you don't Don't want. drink your calories, people. One of the That's easiest one, ways. Yeah. One of the easiest ways to, to lose weight or get your diet a little tighter. Stop drinking soda, sugary drinks, stuff like that. Drink water and coffee and light beer. <laughs> <laughs> Post-workout, like I think we've already touched on it. Creatine, you don't even, you mess with creatine? I may have missed that, Rob. I don't. And again, it's the consistency of it because you need to be taking creatine every day to keep a, a certain amount in your system for it to be beneficial. And I just like, I'm terrible about taking that post-workout supplement. The Hands down, creatine is the most well-researched supplement that we'll talk about today. Like if you want to get stronger, you want to put size on, creatine is an absolute must. It should just be creatine monohydrate. You don't need any of these fancy stacks or any other like designer creatines that are out there. It's super cheap. You take five to seven grams or seven milligrams after you work out. It, it like it is an absolute must. And there's some new research there about like uh, brain health and different things. But a creatine is super safe and it it is effective. I was gonna say it's the one thing that if you ask anyone, nutritionist, anyone that that you're not going to get a ton of pushback. I know there was some, maybe some inconsistencies in the research 10, 15 years ago, but now it's pretty conclusive that everyone agrees that, that, you know, it's good. It's good for you post-workout, obviously take the recommended dosage, five to seven milligrams. As you said, I put it in my shake every single day. And like you said, you do have to stay consistent because I think what happens is you're loading your body with water essentially, right? Doesn't it? it essentially hold more water weight in your muscles? It's, I think the, the more creatine you have in the cell, it might swell a little bit more. But the, the reason you want to take it every day is to saturate the actual cell with the, the creatine because it's energy substrate for your muscle. And if you fall off that 
dosage for a few days, like the you're going to lose that saturation in the cell. You lose the effect of the performance boosting effect of the creatine. Right. And if you take creatine and you never have, and you start doing it, be prepared to get, you know, three to four or five pounds, you know, a couple weeks in, you're going to be like, what, what the hell? You're just a little puffier. Rob, Again, I think it's that, that water. So, so a question for both of you. Have you ever tried, because I used to mess with different ways to do it, because the traditional is creatine is a post-workout. To me, just from a physiological standpoint, when you listen to our energy systems podcast, the creatine is going to hit that zero to 60 seconds of work, depending on you know what you read. It could be closer to that zero mark or that 60 mark. It always made sense to me to drink it or you know ingest it before the workout. Because you're, then you can have as much in your body as possible for that first uh, primary part of your of your workload, versus waiting for the the previous doses to kick in. Total bro science there, but I don't know if either of you have messed with taking it pre workout or why it is so recommended post workout, or is it just the consistency where it doesn't matter? You just need to keep putting it in your system. The the latter was exactly right. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the chronic loading of it to have in your cell, like. Having it pre post workout doesn't matter. You need to like it takes about a month for your cell to get saturated with that creatine. That's why you just got to take that five milligrams every day. So, so really, I mean, based on that logic, you can take it whenever, right? Yeah, okay. doesn't matter. So, so yeah, that's that may might help some people because you know you talked about that consistency piece. So, hey, you know, if you're taking other medications or other supplements, try to try to do it all together. Yeah, whatever helps you uh, keep the habit. Cool. Well, look at that. We all we all think we should take creatine, even you with the bang, because I know it says there's there's two milligrams. No, there's uh, in, there's in every bang. There's super creatine in the bang. It's not just yeah, it's, it's not just creatine. it's not just That's regular, how you know it's good. Yeah, it's not regular creatine. It's it's super creatine. So yeah, and don't get catfished out there with all these sexy creatines. It's creatine monohydrate. You can get it from GNC for like nineteen bucks, and it'll last you like four months. It doesn't have to be any harder than that. Cool. All right. Let's talk proteins. Uh, you, Dan, you don't even drink them. So that's weird. But <laughs> I've been a whey protein guy my whole life. I actually, I'm exploring myself and my protein intake. I am now taking a plant-based protein just because I wanted to see what it tastes like. And honestly, it's really good. You guys mess with the casein. Do we want to talk about what casein does, the difference between casein protein and whey protein, how we use it? I'll hand it over to you, Rob. You seem like you have the most facts here. I'm really just spitting, <laughs> off, spitting off what I what I think. If you want me to like break down like the curd and whey like processing of the in the actual protein, I can't do that for you. Like the really I don't want you to. old bro science was casein is like slower digested, so you should take it at night, so your body has this slow release protein through the night. There's really nothing to to support that. So if you get, I mean, protein's protein. Like whey is is usually pretty cheap. It's as long as you don't have like digestion issues with it like go ahead and take it i always recommend a whey isolate over a concentrate and i i I can't get into the science of why like i don't know why that's so much better but it's just a higher quality protein the way i take i use from a company that i couldn't recommend any higher is thorn t-h-o-r-n-e all of their stuff is nsf so i just always get their their whey protein and again i don't take it every day it's like I'd rather have a full meal after I work out with a good amount of protein in there. But if I know if I'm at the gym, I'm not going to get home for a couple hours. I won't have a good meal. I just always have protein with me just so I can get like that 30 to 40 gram protein in my system after, after a workout. I've lived on these websites looking up supplements my whole life. And of course I'm 32 and I start doing a podcast with you and you say some brand that I've never heard of. (laughs) Thorn? (laughs) Thorn, T-H-O-R-N-E. It is 
I mean, they are the probably the most reputable supplement company out there as far as the quality of their stuff. Oh God, Nick, what's your experience with the protein powders, and what do you like? uh, What do you like best? Man, I am a bull shark when it comes to protein powders. I'll fucking eat any of it. (laughs) Honestly, I don't care. It's all the same for the most part. Like I said, I made the switch to plant-based just to see what the taste was because I've been taking like GNC brand whey protein isolate for the last 20 years, I feel like. I usually buy whatever's on, you know, BOGO sale, buy one, get one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it really does much. I've read carbs post-workout are as important or even more important. Uh, your body can only process so much protein at once, right? So I've, I actually, you know, mix it with some fruits, like a fruit shake in a blender, and I get my carbs and my protein just in case, and I throw a little peanut butter in there for the fats. So that's kind of my post-workout ritual with, with some creatine in there. You do anything, Dan? Yeah, I was going to say, I do do uh, my only supplemental protein. I love Quest Bars. You know, I think that if you're on the run or you're, you know, as, as like I was the other night coming home from work and, and hungry, but still have to go do some other stuff and you just need like a decent, kind of like almost like a meal supplementation, protein supplementation. I don't how think, how I don't, quickly are you eating after you, after you work out? It all depends. Usually on my big workouts, I come right home and eat you know, my standard meal, like we made pre-competition is just a standard uh, Dan Gore and egg sandwich with two pieces of bread, a slice of cheese, two eggs, Himalayan sea salt, and some salsa. That's, that's my go-to post-workout, you know, or pre-workout. And whenever I have time to eat it, I eat it. Yeah. I guess if you're pretty structured in what you're eating, I, I, by no means volunteering you for this. I just think it would be very interesting. A person that complains of their strength, not increasing yeah. uh, rapidly like you do <laughs> and saying you're not built for built for this. And it's yeah. like, well, if all you're doing differently is, you know, you're eating all the same, but you're just increasing your lifting a little bit. Are you feeding the machine enough? Yeah, I, I, I can feel like it'd be a pretty interesting case study if you, you know, started to work with some of these things again, not volunteering you. No, please volunteer. I'll, I'll get back on the creatine. I mean, I used to do the creatine. I'll get back on the creatine and protein horse. If it, if uh, the podcast, the listeners want it, I'm doing it. Interesting. All right. Yeah. And then can you guys again, fact check me on the carb thing post-workout? Like I just, sometimes if I'm on the go, I'll just do some uh, like fruit gummies, you know, just it's 20, 20 grams of carbs. I know it's all from sugar. It probably doesn't matter as much in that immediate post-workout window. You just want to restore the glycogen that you burnt through your workout. Again, if, you're, if your concern is not fat loss, it's performance. You want to replace that glycogen. That post-workout immediate window is probably the time you can get away with probably some gummy bears or like quick carbs like a, a banana. But the ratio is usually like two to one if you're strength training. I mean, it can go up to four to one, some of the research will say, for carbs to protein. So if you're getting 25 grams of protein afterwards like 50 grams of carbs to replace whatever you, you burnt in that workout. Okay. That, that makes sense. And, and then you're saying if, if fat loss is your goal, don't do that. You, you're still, you're watching your carbohydrate intake for the, to, the full day exactly. and don't worry as much about refueling from that work. Cause you're, you're concerned when your weight loss is not performance, right? You're not going to get better in the gym and be losing weight at the same time. You're, you have a very specific goal, like, that's what you should be focusing on, not not re- fueling for your, your workout the next day. That, cool. sounded stupid. that sounded really stupid when I said that, but hopefully that came across. Everybody knows what I meant. 
No, I think the way I took it is that that ratio is going to kind of naturally slide towards the lower carbohydrate sliding scale if you are losing fat. Is that kind of what you're going for? Yeah, and I think protein needs to become of higher importance because you're restricting calories. And I don't know if we've thrown the number out there, but that protein intake based on your body weight, so we'll go by pounds, like you should be getting somewhere between like 0.6 up to one gram per pound of body weight. So Dan, I know you're like a, you're a macro guy, right? It'd be interesting to know what your daily protein, protein intake is. And if you're not getting like 75% of your body weight in grams of protein, you're somebody that I would, rec- I would definitely recommend like a whey protein supplement to. I don't recommend supplements often, but right. if you can't hit that protein goal with your normal eating day to day, it's just such an easy way to get extra protein in your diet. You know what? Today was a low protein day for me, 115 grams for 185 pound body weight. I actually have that all written out here. Well, you are getting weaker right now. You need to go get a protein shake. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I think it'd be really interesting yeah, if you just this was a low protein. started doing this. is low protein. Well, that's yeah. not terrible. Okay. Yeah. There, there shouldn't be any low protein days, Dan. You need that's to. Thing, exactly. Yeah. Okay. If you, you want to maintain. maintain strength, you need to be in that protein surplus. <laughs> great, great call, guys. Uh, episode 14 of the Dan Gorin intervention. I'm, I'm convinced this is just an intervention. This whole podcast is just uh, one, one, one giant intervention, which is, which is great. <laughs> I'm going to be stronger for it. And good on you, Rob, for not having to take a, a supplement and being able to hit your numbers. That's good stuff. I know you're not tracking like that closely. Yeah. I mean, my, my body weight hasn't changed in 12 years and I'm, I'm happy with my my muscle mass. So I must be doing something right. Yeah. Good job. Good job on you. All right, cool. Quickly mass gainers. I'm assuming no one's messed them here. I haven't either. (laughs) They're, they're ludicrous. They're like, you're taking out like shovels full of, of powder and it's a thousand calories at a time. I, I don't know. I'm sure someone needs it. I don't even want to know what's in that stuff. Like if you're trying to gain weight, that should not be your, way of gaining weight. Those things are complete garbage. And quickly, I know we talked on whey. Casein is a, is a slower digesting protein that, that people tend to take if they are trying to gain some weight and they, they take it before bedtime. Yeah. So just FYI. The next, the next little thing I want to touch on quickly is you guys know anyone or have you ever messed with any of the tea boosters or the fat burners? I put them in kind of like the wild west I feel like they're what pre-workout was 10 years ago. Again, I, I obviously have some confirmation bias for, for pre-workout. Do you guys know anyone that messed with, with either of those two things? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've worked with guys that have, have messed with this stuff. I, I'd be lying if I said, like, in my early 20s, I didn't mess with testosterone boosters. But fact of the matter is, fat burners aren't going to do anything for you. They're just more stimulants that aren't regulated that your body doesn't need. and there is no better tea booster than healthy fats in your diet and getting eight hours of sleep. So there's nothing on the market that is going to give them even close to what those will do for your testosterone. Yeah. Second to all those, I have had some, you know, some random, you know, patients here, there are some random athletes tell me about using the, the tea boosters and it just, the, um, the science isn't there, you know, what your body needs to convert those kind of basic pre-markers for testosterone to testosterone just don't exist. Those uh, the intermediary steps just don't don't work that way. So I think it's a huge waste of time to mess with T boosters. And like Rob said, get your eight hours of sleep, you'll be just fine. 
Sweet. Well, what about the one caveat, which is uh, Nugenics, the Frank Thomas commercial that we've t- spoken about a couple times. The Nugenics um, Frank Thomas. If you guys haven't seen them, just YouTube Nugenics Frank Thomas, because those commercials would make you want to do it. I don't know what it is, but the uh, hypersexualized uh, Frank Thomas commercials are just terrific. When he's on that, when he's on that stationary bike, oh my god, with that with that <sighs> smile on his face, and you know he's got a chub, dude. It is <laughs> that smile's worth about a million is. bucks, isn't it? <laughs> and he winks like, Uh-oh. "Yeah, Mister Steal Your Girl, I know what's up." Dude, that that is the best commercial going. I think your dad does. Your dad like loves those commercials, doesn't he? <laughs> he hates it. It's like they're 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 cringeworthy. He'll just be like, "Ooh," and like walk out. There, so oh, they're cringeworthy, but. But in the um, unintentional comedy department, they're 10 out of 10. Yeah, again, I don't even know what they are. And lastly, you know, I think pot is the the great wonder drug that everyone criminalized 20 years ago. Is HGH going to be that, uh, you know, 15, 20 years from from today? Really hoping so. That it will be criminalized? No, decriminalized. Decriminalized. Come on, man! What the hell? It's it's a it's a it's a wonder drug, right? Shouldn't we all be taking HGH? I, I, I cannot even joking. I'm not going to get behind this one. I don't want any audio file of me saying take HGH. Yeah, I'm just wondering out loud. No, we got Dan. He, he said taking HGH back to back. We do have that on audio, so I'll get Dan to splice that up, and we'll do like a, a thank you. We'll do a DJ DJ Shadow remix on that. Yeah, as far as HGH, the what I mean. These, these, uh, anything illegal is going to come with some side effects. I'm sure it works amazingly. <laughs> My other thing is like, look at Hulk Hogan. You know, he was a big, uh, allegedly, I don't want to break any news here, but quite <laughs> likely dabbled in some supplementations. And, and the one thing you notice about Hulk Hogan is he was never fat, but you notice how he always had like kind of like a big stomach and a big barrel chest which got bigger over the years. That's what you do when you mess with HGH. Every organ grows. Like it's not, it's indiscriminate, right? So it's going to make your muscles grow. It's going to make your arms grow. It's going to make your legs grow, but it'll indiscriminately make all the organs of your body and possibly your head grow, i.e. Barry Bonds. And then on top of all that, if you had some, let's say you're like week one and your body's like, I'm going to start making a tumor. HGH is like, oh, let's triple that tumor and um, you could be dead. So Probably not a great idea. Well, I guess when you think about it critically, it might not be the best idea. But it gains. it'll get you the gains that you're looking for. <laughs> and, you know, everyone, everyone, look, I've never taken a single stare. I've never even seen one. So I'm, I'm doing this all kind of to be a smart ass. But it, it is interesting because you hear people are prescribed it. You know, the the classic tale of Larry King's been on HGH for 15, 20 years. So it, it's, it's not all... You know, your head's going to get giant. Right. But again, yeah. yeah. So you, there's, there's got to be a reason you're taking it more than you just want to lift more. Yeah. I think that anything that you're doing that is an illegal uh, performance enhancing supplement is going to, it's illegal for a reason. It's illegal because it works. And most of the things that are legal likely do not work or don't work nearly as well as the things that are illegal. That being said, you never want to mess with this stuff without the uh, consulting of physician and Usually the juice probably is not going to be worth the squeeze, in my humble opinion, even if you do go in some back alley uh, and start messing with that stuff. Not a good idea. Yeah, and if you've lived your life to this point and it took 47 minutes of this podcast and us joking about HGH to consider it, 
I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's probably, probably not for you. You know, I, I don't think we're talking anyone into it here. It's, it's more kind of a, a joke segment. Also, would, Go ahead. Would dry, well, I, I, I think we should do a whole episode on this at some point. I'd like to. But all, all joking aside, I see people, you know, not so much the gym I go to now, but I've been in gyms where you kind of suspect certain people of, of using. And you're just like, so, like, for what? Like, to be, like, the strongest guy at, like, this mediocre gym in like you know rural wherever it's like for who for what you're gonna risk all this health stuff just to be a little bit better than the guy next to you at the gym and that guy next to you and all the girls around around you just completely don't give a fuck like what are you doing i know it's embarrassing to me unless you're like a private it's just embarrassing that yeah but whatever yeah i don't know all right lastly before we put a pin in this you've already touched on it quiet rob fish oil you do that daily do you do any probiotics you do any uh you do a daily multivitamin as well when when you actually stick to your routine yeah i have uh, a multivitamin from thorn as mentioned previously so like weekends or days that i don't feel like i eat as well i take like that vitamin that's like my mental okay i'm gonna cover my my bases to hit everything else Fish oil, there's just way too much research to show the benefit of it. I I do that uh, every day. Probiotics is an interesting field. I don't think we know enough about it. So just trying to promote healthy flora in the gut, the quality of those is really hard to, to standardize. I, I, hopefully in the future, there'll be there more scientific approach to it. But for probiotics, my approach is just like eat probiotic type food, like eat your ro- yogurts, kefirs, kimchi, whatever your uh, fermented food of choice is, but that's probably the better way to get your probiotics. I heard um, David St. Clair just came out with a book and I heard him interviewed was going off about probiotics and how all the um, the anti-aging stuff that they purported is just totally bogus. So I'd have to look into that, but David St. Clair is a pretty smart dude who studies anti-aging experiments at Harvard, much smarter than I. So I, I don't mess with probiotics. I think fish oil and daily vitamin, like Rob says, there's a lot of good stuff behind it, either of those. Yeah, I, I I tried to do the fish oil thing. It's just one of those things that I couldn't Ask get your doctor. It's not hard to do no. any of this shit, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's just doing it for a couple of weeks and then it becomes normal. You um, can also ask your doctor. They make a prescription fish oil at a higher, higher concentration. So if you're going to do it, you might as well get the good stuff. Thorn has a great fish oil, Nick. Yeah, cool, man. <laughs> Are they a sponsor now? Can we... I wish I'm looking at their website. It looks, it looks expensive just being on the website. <laughs> I think there's a paywall just to get to the, the was this $45 prime po- probiotic. That's 30 capsules. It's actually not terrible. Only two reviews because they, they're still new. I, I, guess. I can't wait for Rob to have a kid. And he's just drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Like the rest of us slobs. <laughs> All right, cool guys. So look, we meandered through that. That was a that was a lazy river episode of me saying stupid shit and then just basically leaning leaning on Rob to clean it up. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's some occasional check in from Dan. Good. I think uh, I think that works pretty well for us. It seems. Yeah, I, I'm happy with that. <laughs> I, we got to talk about. Can I, can I put a can I put a stamp on it? The yeah, please. Part? All right. So for the listener. Take home supplements are hundred percent not necessary. Like do the big things first, get your sleep, eat healthy, train. If you need help getting like your protein marker that we talked about, get into that, take away protein. If you feel like you don't have a, like a varied diet, take a multivitamin. There's green supplements out there. 
if you want to take fish oil, cause it's probably good for heart health. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but none of this other stuff is necessary at all. Like caffeine before you work out to wake yourself up is plenty. Like it, it doesn't have to be complicated. And seven to nine hours, totally seven to nine hours of sleep is probably going to get you more than all these supplements put together. All right. Well, cool. I think we are, as usual, wrapping up right on time. Let's let's do the book of the week and, and a couple hitters, guys. All right. Book of the week. I've been I've been saving this one. It's one of my favorites. So I used to think I know I knew a lot about sleep and I keep talking about it because I'm I'm teasing my book. But uh, once I heard an interview with this guy, Matt Walker, he absolutely blew my mind. And I listened to any interview he's a, that he's on. He's a researcher out of Cal Berkeley, I believe. He's got a book out there called Why We Sleep. It absolutely opened my mind to like all this research about sleep I had no idea about. I, I promise if you read this book, you will start taking sleep a lot more seriously. So Why We Sleep by Matt Walker. Rob, I read this book. There, There is no better book. I do not shut up about it. That's why I don't shut up about sleep ever. Maybe one of the best health books I've ever read. And the research, I don't know if you felt this way when I was reading it, but what a prolific research. I was, I was reading this book and I'm like, how does any one human being have time to conduct this many studies? And they're all freaking great studies and super useful. But I'll, I'll recap the book in about two seconds. Sleep seven to nine hours a night every night and then um don't do drugs or drink booze before you sleep too that's important it's unanimous this book is great i've never read it (laughs) but um everyone i've heard from that has loved it and to speak to the 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 booze piece just because it fed right in i i usually am at about 40 beats per minute my my whoop tracker when i'm sleeping i booze the last two nights and I was at like 64, 65 beats per minute. So I don't know really what that has to do with, with anything other than uh, clearly my heart had to be working a little harder with 15 beers in me. So really interesting. Also a great Matthew Walker point. He talks about how when we sleep at other people's houses or we're not in our own house, we're always on edge. So the sleep quality suffers. So you being in New York doesn't help either. Yeah, especially because they were like three or four hour sleep nights. Oh, well, yeah, so, you're, you're, you're yeah. completely screwed. Yeah, put it all together. It was, a, it was a great week. I feel great. And I'm going to Army Navy tomorrow. I'm sure that'll be, you know, I'll, I'll be getting my seven to nine uh, tomorrow night too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Brutal. All right. Well, how about your one hitter, Rob? I'm excited because I actually quality tested my, my hitter for this week. I was doing a little... Uh, treadmill workout today and this this is a good one for the listeners so set a treadmill incline to 10 you run for a minute hop off rest for a minute do it for 10 rounds to try you gradually build speed so the last one's your fastest round so i got it up to 10 miles an hour at incline 10 for one minute and i threw on rolling stones painted black and it, it's getting a, a nine five it's my highest rated hitter so far it, it just wow. got me through that last round quality tested um, one probably maybe the most classic song we like. We haven't had a lot of true, true blue classics. That is a classic song, good, great song. I've never tested at the gym, but I'm game. Very good, Nick. What you got? Very good. All right. Um, let me start with a song that everyone's heard, and it was very similar. It came on earlier this week. The White Stripes, Seven Nation Army. I just like it. It's uh, it gets me fired up. Makes me feel like I'm about to like play in a football game or something. You know, seven seven. Really like it. Dude, living in Baltimore, I can't listen to that song anymore. It's been <laughs> ruined. Yeah, that that's. Is that because they play it at the Ravens? Maybe. They play it at the Ravens games, right? They Our play it in heavy traffic. <laughs> it's it's everywhere. It doesn't stop. 
I go out of my way not to you know do anything's Ravens or Baltimore related. So maybe that's why I haven't played it out yet. It's an old song. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good song. It's a, a staple. Definitely a good song. Um, I'm going to go back to the Motley Crue. Well, this might be my last one for a while because I've gone a little too heavy on them, but I'd be remiss if I didn't throw this in. Livewire, my Motley Crue, that's a 9.2. You'll, you'll see this song on every list of like one of the best metal songs of all time. And just super quick. It's like two and a half, three minutes and just hits on all levels. My next one was discovered tonight, actually, while I was doing some core work. Fella's name is Chris Webby. I'm not sure what that's about, <laughs> but the song's called Forged in Fire, and it's pretty sweet. I don't know how much I'm going to love it, but I, I wanted to throw something out that's a bit obscure, and I think the listeners will like it. It's, it's, uh, it's a 7-6 on first listen. Cool. I've never, I've never heard of that. Excited, no, of course excited not. Excited to hear about it. Is it was it rap, or is it... was yeah, it's right. Okay, cool. A couple white dudes, I think. It's 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 strong. I mean, it's it's a good song. All right, cool. The next one I'm going to go with is the Tupac. We haven't had any. Uh, we had any Tupac? Oh, my God. And I'm, You're really opening Pandora's box here. I am. I'll go with, it might not be the best Tupac song, but it is my absolute favorite Tupac song, Hail Mary. And what mm. accentuates the greatness of this song is one of the best movies. I love Creed, the movie Creed with Mattel, Michael B. Jordan. I'm sorry, Michael B. Jordan. And when he comes up, I was like, almost like Mattel Jordan. When he comes out in the end for the last fight and he comes out to Hail Mary, I get chills. It's corny, but I don't care. I love that movie. You love his body too. Oh, he's bodied up. He should have been on our body podcast, but he didn't quite make the call. Well, his dad, you know, his dad really set the bar high for all of us. Who's um, his dad? Michael yeah. Jordan? No, Apollo Creed. Oh, that's um, Pops? Oh, no, Carl Weathers. In the movie. Carl okay, Weathers, gotcha, bro. Gotcha, Come gotcha, on. Gotcha. Jesus. I'm so mad. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, my last one. Big Boy, Kill Jill. You're going to listen to it and you're going to be like, why is this Japanese lady talking? <laughs> to, it almost sounds like she's opening this opening scene from Kill Bill. And uh, then the bass and the beat hit. And you're going to be like, oh, this is, how did I live without it? It's an eight seven. Love That's it. Big Boy from Outcast, right? Big Boy from Outcast and Killer Mike from uh, Run the Jewels is in there too. Cool. Uh, last one. Um, I'm opening another Pandora. This is a Pandora's Box episode. When I, I know your favorite bands, Nick, and I think Rob likes these guys too. Brand new. Oh, good God. The quiet things that no one ever knows. I'm going to go eight point nine. <sighs> Just a phenomenal song, top to bottom. I, like kind of like you said, a Jay Z song. You play a song in any aspect of my life, and I'll be pretty happy. Yeah, they're my favorite band ever. So I was trying to hold off as long as long as I could. I had to get one in. Like it was one of those ones where I was typing. I was like, I hope I get this song before before Nick does. So pumped about that. I love them. All right, boys. As usual, right on time, right on schedule. Do we know what next week is yet? I've got. Of course not. not. Of course not. We'll we'll uh, we'll have something awesome. I got a couple uh couple bolts in the chamber. All right. Well, we'll continue to fly by the seat of our pants and uh, give you guys all we got. Thanks again. Rate, review, tell all your friends. The first episode this week got 14 more listens than it did the week prior. That's pretty good. So a uh, little slow organic growth is what we're looking for. Have a great week, guys. Have a great week. Later.